0: The X's and O's guy that you all love, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated, is back. What was his biggest takeaway from the Maryland game? Is there any hope for this Iowa game? But first, hope everyone's sitting down for this one. It's breaking news Mel Tucker officially fired. All right, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Hello, folks. It's Matt Sheehan. That's right. Your host of Locked on Spartans, but it's not just me. Calling in from a hotel room that you'd only see in Ocean's Eleven. My goodness gracious, what a beautiful piece of property that you're at! It's Chase Glasser, friend of the program, backed by popular demand. Chase, how on earth are you doing, man? Living the swanky uh, life over there? We doing okay? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so we're gonna get down to brass tacks right now because the breaking news blindsided everyone on this beautiful <laughs> Wednesday. Mel Tucker's officially fired. Uh, I, all intents and purposes, this happened like two and a half weeks ago for all I care, but it is official. Uh, they didn't really go for the statement that he came out with yesterday, uh, kind of like a WWE wrestling promo, but it, it's 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 over, it's it's gone. Uh, Chase, I've talked about this topic up and down the last two or so weeks. <laughs> Do you have anything to add about this whole? break up here. I know that's such a broad question to start it with, but like I mean, just oh, I'm, I'm your sure thoughts any, from the outside looking in.
1: Anything that I can add, I'm sure, has been said three times and debated about six times yeah. and, and you know dried up and blown around the world twice. But you know, it's it's just it's it's sad. It's unfortunate and uh, that it yeah. that happened. But as far as him actually getting fired, good. I mean now it now it moves into I'm sure he will become a plaintiff and file a suit and it will be very annoying uh, for a extended period of time. But now it's moved out of the realm of the football team and into the courts, and, and then they can deal with it from there. Um, I'm sure that that will be some protracted messiness, but uh, I, I think it kind of allows everybody to move on, right? Both internally, externally. It's you, you wash your hands, you look at who you have, you are where your feet are, and, and you just go from here. And uh, I, I think it's about time. And hopefully this is kind of the beginning of the closing of the book on this kind of very unfortunate chapter and in, in all of this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, th- there's about 50 storylines in this whole saga still <laughs> left out yeah. there. The, the number one is going to be, all right, well, how much is MSU going to owe? Is it going to be $0? Is it going right. to be $70 million or any number in between all of that? But, yeah, it's just like kind of what I just alluded to, the, his – team's response to all this, pretty aggressive, pretty defiant. Mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, but there was actually a quote in a Detroit news story written by Tony Paul. And this quote was from a man that Michigan State fans just love. It's it's lawyer Tom <laughs> Mars. You know, everyone in East Lansing loves Tom Mars, especially after the tunnel incident last year. But unfortunately, I got to say, like, he's, he's said it quite best, like kind of confused as to the stance that Mel Tucker's team is taken and the tone that they're going. And his quote, it's a little long, but bear with me here. He made the smart decision, uh, sorry, he's talking about Hugh Freeze, the difference between Hugh Freeze's separation from Ole Miss after he was found to, you know, have communication with escort services, you know, that old thing. Who, Hoops amongst us, Chase. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. he goes on to say that he made the smart decision and resigned instead of forcing Ole Miss to fire him for a cause. He apologized publicly, repeatedly. He expressed humility, he sought forgiveness, and he went and found a home at Liberty and successfully coached football there until a Power Five was willing to accept him back to the family. In contrast, Mel Tucker has gone the complete opposite end of the spectrum He's been defiant. He's denied having done anything wrong. He's blamed everyone under the sun and he has made accusations he won't be able to sustain with any evidence. And he's taken the most combative approach possible. So that's the end of the quote. I also want to add this part too. I'm not here to call the man a lie or anything, but like the, the serious health condition. Which is actually a card that he played back in what was it 2014 when he was almost about to get fired yeah. by the Bears? Like, mm-hmm. that's a good trump card to have in, in your euchre deck, I gotta say. But like that, that's an interesting wrinkle too. But yeah, I mean, I, Tom Mars just put it best there with, with that quote. I well, mean, I would, I, just,
1: I would put the uh, FMLA claim, uh, both of them very much firmly in the realm of the Urban Meyer headaches. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Um, so we just really hope that Mel Tucker is doing okay and is getting the medical attention he me. Sure. But I mean, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like the meme, the worst person you know makes a good point. It um, is. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, you know, Tom Mars is is really, really something, but I don't think he's wrong. I think maybe the, no. the framing of Hugh Freeze is a bit reductionist, but I don't think it's incorrect. And I think that yeah. What this shows is Mel Tucker is allegedly going through a divorce. He is probably his last big uh, collegiate coaching payday. And until he becomes like an analyst in the NFL for Jacksonville or something, um, this is his last big shot at a paycheck like this. And he's going to go out trying to get it. That's I'm not a lawyer. I'm not I I don't have experience in high level negotiations. But I mean, I, I think that this is. Largely accurate what Tom Mars has painted. I, I have no reason to not think that. I think, yeah, this is him trying to, Tucker, trying to extract everything that he can, um, which, I mean, in the shape that he's in. I get it. I get it.
0: Yeah. forward. Right. I, I do like that you say probably his last like big ticket coaching job, too. I like that you left like a little bit of... Possibility out there that he, he could still land on his feet in a head coaching role somewhere, but that's beside the point. So, of course, this goes on to the next chapter of the coaching mm-hmm. search, which is something that we've I mean been talking about God since that story broke on Sunday night however many <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, now, there is some news out there. Uh, Chris Kleiman, head coach at Kansas State, he was on a radio show and said, I'm not going to make myself a candidate for the Michigan State job. Well, of course, like what else is he going to say? It is the end of September. I yeah. mean, so <laughs> it is news. We got to talk about it. But like, what else is he going to say? Like, yeah, actually, my wife was up in Okemos looking at real estate uh, right. last weekend. Like, so okay, it, it, I bring this up as to like show everyone a, a clear example, like how long of a process this is going to be. We had mm-hmm. a few questions in the mailbag. It's like, hey, well, MSU make a hire in the middle of the season? It's like, sure, MSU would love to make a hire right now. Yeah. Takes two to tango, though. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you said it
1: best. What, even if Chris Kleiman had an agreement in principle to take the next job, the job at Michigan <laughs> State on November 28th or whatever the end of the season is, he would still give the exact same answer. Um, yes. <laughs> and yeah. Do I think he's coming to Michigan State? No, I don't. I, I think Chris Kleiman is a very good coach, but he's pretty much said this is his last job. He's on the mm-hmm. older end of, of people who I would be looking at if I was Michigan State. Um, so, no, I don't think he's coming, but I don't think that it's because of an answer he gave on a Manhattan, Kansas yeah. radio show. I, I don't think a scenario exists in which he gives a different answer, even if he was coming, which to be very clear, he's not.
0: And he's the first coach of maybe many to give comments on this, whether they are head coaches, whether they are offensive coordinators. But, folks, like, if you don't know this by now, just get ready for a lot of that because <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to be asking Mike Elko after the game on Saturday against Notre Dame, and he's going to say, well, I I do have $7.5 million per year on the table from East Lansing. Like, I, <laughs> nothing like that's going to happen. It's going to yeah. be denied, 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 yeah. just like it was with Mel Tucker. Right. Hey, yeah. how about that? So, mm-hmm. there Whoa, that went so the way well, these man, things
1: yeah. work you know it's it's a very right. stupid dance that we dance and then and then yeah, yeah and then it will happen and, and then you react to it as it is but this is just the way things go um unless you're talking to someone who's not currently coaching right now of course yeah. this is the only answer that you're gonna get except for this person knows someone who knows someone who knows a guy's brother who said that X person talked to Alan Haller or whatever um and I'm not I don't have any insight. Uh, I know David Hearns knows things, and I can take this to, to plug the um, sure. Spones Illustrated. Uh, there's, there's good stuff on there on this topic. But I personally have no insight, but I haven't seen any of the suggested names, at least that I can recall, anybody that's not currently coaching uh, mm-hmm. right now. So I don't think there's a reasonable expectation to get an answer other than absolutely not uh, until yeah. late November.
0: Unless... This weekend, big noon kickoff. Irvin Meyer makes his big announcement that he is heading back into the Big Ten Less, and takes yeah. a job. So, <laughs> so we'll see there. The only other name I heard like that was Bob Stoops. It's like, I don't even know if Bob Stoops wants Bob Stoops yeah. to keep coaching. Like, I, no. I don't know. I think he's out of the game. I think he's yeah, out I mean, of the game he
1: for did the, If I recall correctly, when Venables left or- – excuse me, when Lincoln Riley left. Yeah. Uh, he kind of did the Mark D'Antonio thing where he came in and shepherded the team through a bowl game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know. Mark Stoops, you could have a real conversation about. But I, sure. I, think, I think Bob is probably...
0: yeah. I think so as well. Uh, We're going to get to the X's and O's talk here in a little bit, but first, well, i got to do a recruiting note. Reggie Powers, four-star safety out of Ohio. He is decommitted. Also, uh, still currently committed to Michigan State, four-star receiver Nick Marsh. He is going to be visiting Colorado this weekend, and that's going to be a short discussion because, uh, quite frankly, if you're looking for any good recruiting news in the next month or two, grow up. Uh, I hate to put that bluntly, but... uh, Okay. I'm sorry. So not really a conversation to be had right there. And Chase, I'm so sorry to say, but now I got to send you to the bench. I'm going to miss you for these <laughs> next few minutes, man, because I got to talk to people's ears off about fan FanDuel Sportsbook. Hey, if you're feeling spicy about our Spartans, if you think Harlan Barnett is going to have the boys ready to play in Iowa City... Well, hey, the spread is 12 and a half points. Your Spartans are getting those 12 and a half points. And the over under has got to be somewhere around nine and a half right now. I don't know. But hey, if you're going to get in on the action with college football or the NFL season, do it with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, there is no better time to get in on the action the app is super easy to use there's a wide range of betting options like spreads player props over unders guessing the correct score or my personal favorite the same game parlays so what are you waiting for gang visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season with us it's fanduel official partner of the nfl and also hey if you're going to be looking snazzy this fall you're going to be doing it in home field apparel they got the best t-shirts sweatshirts long sleeve t-shirts or hey the hat that i'm wearing right now if you're watching on youtube it's all at homefieldapparel.com you're going to find vintage logos that you may have never seen in your entire life not just with michigan state but also a lot of other schools out there as well like hey shout out to slippery rock colorado school of mines i have a Hawaii hoodie that I wear about eight days a week in the winter. They have the best gear at homefieldapparel.com. So go check out every single piece that they have to offer. But hey, when you go check out, smash in promo code LOS23 for 15% off of your first purchase. Again, that's promo code LOS23 for 15% off at homefieldapparel.com. And let's get the man, the myth, the legend, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated back into the mix here. Chase, I, I did a lot of talking for a segment. I'm sure people aren't too thrilled about that whatsoever because the people are here to see and listen from you. Uh, I'll just set you up with the broadest question I possibly have. What was your biggest takeaway from last week's game against Maryland? Because mine, mine wasn't positive. I was very sad. I was, I was broken. <laughs> Yeah. How about well,
1: you? <laughs> well, first off, uh, shout out to the dude in the uh, the comments that said I was a Walmart Wolverine. That rocks. I I love that. Wow. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, man. I didn't see that. I, I see, I, ironically, love that. that's awesome. Um. Uh. Biggest that's not take- fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> biggest takeaway. Um. I mean, when Michigan State wasn't actively unloading a clip into their own foot, you know, it's it's there were glimmers of a competitive football team there. And I've been saying that this team has more talent than other teams in the past on kind of a top to bottom. Look, they don't have a game breaker, like, well, certainly a Kenneth Walker or, or someone like a Coleman. Yeah. But top to bottom, I do think there's more talent on the team. Um, I've made few bones about the fact that I, I disagree at a fundamental level with a lot of the things that happen from a schematic perspective. I think Michigan State runs a high school ass defense, um, and and I, I, but but still, you see with more. This is probably the most talent they've had on the defense, um, certainly since twenty one. And I think there's more talent in the secondary uh, on this team than there was there. And you can go through and debate well Xavier Henderson versus X or Y, sure. and, that, and that's you know a legitimate normative discussion that you can have. But you saw things when. MSU didn't have a short field. There were things that they were, they were trying to do. Um, they came out in a lot of one high, uh, which was interesting. That's something that they haven't shown a ton of. Um, yeah. They they mostly are a cover three or quarters team. I mean, those are two. Every Your local high school runs both of those coverages. Yeah. I almost <laughs> guarantee it. Um, Michigan State did disguise their coverages a bit. Um, they've been doing this thing where they come out in a 4 two, 5 and then they roll Malik Spencer down to basically linebacker level. And then sometimes they have him fly back into like a deep half or a deep quarter. Um, or sometimes they keep him in there as a functional linebacker. Uh, so they can disguise coverages that way. Uh, they were showing cover two, cover four, and then having him fly down and converting to cover three post-snap. That's cool. I mean, that's that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's just kind of other personnel breakdowns that made that not really matter. Um, they... Used some, some fairly creative blitzes um, out of cover, cover one. Cover one is the most popular third down defense in football. And they did a fair amount of five and six-man pressures, sim pressures, people dropping out, uh, twists, stunts, um, trying to get home, get pressure on Talia uh, while just basically playing cover one, uh, just man-free uh, in the back. Sometimes it worked, uh, sometimes it didn't. Um, I think Chance Rucker is some, someone that should be talked about. He's a true freshman. He yeah. got caught a few times. Um, he got beaten inside on the almost touchdown that led to Maryland's first score. But, I mean, that, that was a, a good throw, a good catch, and, and it's, that, that will happen to you. You want to get beat inside, not outside, and cover one because you ostensibly have some sort of help inside. Um, I thought he played a pretty gutsy game, uh, especially as a guy in his first real college football action. That was impressive. So that's something where you can go, okay, that's good. Uh, Dylan Tatum, a guy who I still think is playing out of position. He's sticky. Um, yeah. he, he was on the wrong side of a couple really good catches, but, but that's going to happen. What you want to do is make those catches as difficult as possible. And he's doing that. Um, so that's, th- those are both good things that you can take away. Um, Jordan Hall had a really, really good blitz where he had a free run at Talia yeah. and then wound up getting kind of clocked by his own guy. But he was able to pretty deftly get through the line. Um, so, so, I mean, defensively, Michigan State is doing things. There's pressures, there's disguised coverages. And, and there's enough there where I think a different defensive coordinator could really do something with this. <laughs> um, yeah. And I kind of went on an extended soliloquy in um, the, the piece about my alma mater, where I said, listen, the same two guys, Vincent Gray and Jamon Green, who got barbecued by Ricky White, who was like the mm-hmm. third receiver on UNLV, um, went out in two consecutive two consecutive years, held uh, Ohio State to fourteen and three points, respectively, in the second half of those games. Not because they made some incredible physical leap, but because they played in a complex defense that that worked with them athletically to not put them in positions where they couldn't succeed. Um, like Dylan Tatum, I think, is a, a really, really good slot corner. If you're asking yeah. him cover someone who's bigger, faster, and stronger than him for an extended period of time, man-to-man down the field, uh, he's a gutty player, but that's not, I think, quite his game. Um, and, and there's different things. For example, the linebackers, some of the coverage responsibilities that get put on them, and this has been a pretty consistent I love Cal Halliday as a, as a player, he's an old school throwback guy, but that's, yeah. he's not taking a guy down the seam of Jordan Hall. He might be able to do that, but Darius snow, he was able to do that. Ben Van Sumeren was not. So it's Michigan was able to do a lot of extremely complex, um, you know, switch coverages and and robber coverages and things where CJ Stroud did not know what he was looking at in those games. Mm-hmm. And that is what was able to, to limit them, but it was with the same people that were athletically limited and put on total blast against MSU in 2020. That can happen. Though Chance Rucker and Dylan Tatum are better players just from an athletic profile at this point in their career than Vincent Gray and Jamon Greenward just straight up pound for pound. They are. So if you get someone in the, the, the defensive room, who's able to, run a scheme that works with them a little bit more. That's a little more varied, a little more um, amenable to opponent specific things. I I don't see defensively MSU running opponent specific stuff other than what you might see, you know, in, in a high level high school game or Madden. it it, quite frankly, and and I could be wrong and, and I would welcome someone who knows otherwise, but I, the kind of opponent specific stuff that you see other teams do, I just don't see happening. It's more of a, this is what we run. And then we're just going to run it. Um, that doesn't work, especially in this league, especially in this division, you, you have to be better than that. And I think there's tools on the field um, where, where you can do that and be effective, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. But if you get a coach in who can re-recruit the roster, um, then you can have a discussion. There. So I, I think there's, there's reasons for optimism and, and we can get into this weekend a little bit more sure Um, this coming weekend, but there's reasons for optimism on defense. And I know that's an extended soliloquy on the defense. There's a whole other side of the ball, but
0: there's not a lot of positives to talk about, you know, for Michigan state (laughs) football, but like that is, one of them, if not the only one, is that like, hey, there is a young core mm-hmm. on this defense, like the guys you just named, like Jordan Hall. Yeah, he, he's already just by default the best coverage linebacker, probably on this yeah. team. I mean, mm-hmm. Chance Rucker, yes, he did give up some plays, but he was also targeted no less than 7,000 times. So,
1: yeah, he, he had them. some good
0: plays uh, out there as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, it was everything that you could ask for out of a true freshman thrown into a starting role like that. Even our Marion Smith, our guy, our Marion Smith, Chase, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's having flashes. Like, he's not a perfect player, but like he has had a lot more flashes than I thought he would so far. Malik Spencer, we already know that he's a great player. but Absolutely. So, no, yeah. Marion
1: Smith has been a very pleasant surprise for me because and, I, yeah. I, I absolutely torched that dude in, in my <laughs> preview. I got he it, though. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, good for him. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. In the defensive line. Do you have two just bat-out-of-hell edge rushers? No, you don't. Um, do you have a line of, like, 2021 where you had – you didn't have guys that were just going to tear around the edge at seven yards and terrorize quarterbacks, but you had guys like Drew Be- Drew Beasley, uh, Jacob Slade, Mike Panishuk, where where they – you can kind of mush-rush quarterbacks just yep. the pocket, um, win some individual matchups. That 2021 Michigan game turned on Jacob Slade – Destroying the guy who's currently Michigan's right tackle. You know, it's just that eliminated. It, it's a one-on-one matchup, and that eliminated the run game. It is very complex, varied run game that does all sorts of really cool stuff. It totally nerfed it. I think you have guys on the defensive line that can do this. It, it's been a yeah. disappointment for me that they haven't been really where I expected them to. But Simeon Barrow, uh, he's a player. um Oh yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, and others. It's not not just him. You've got players on in that position group where I, I think there is a lot of upwards potential there.
0: So let's just, you know, go into this weekend here because I leave last Saturday's game almost like Eeyore, you know, my vibes could not be lower. We just got absolutely piped in a homecoming game that wasn't competitive after the coin toss, thanks to a 21-0 start against Maryland. This is great, but like the absolute jackass I am, Chase, I, we all <laughs> knew this was going to happen. By Wednesday, I'm already like talking myself into, hey, I was not too great either. <laughs> like Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Harlan Barnett gets his first win as acting head coach here. Uh, it, do, you, do you either want to just pile onto that and just keep this going, or do you want to squash that right now and say, no, like, no, you uh, 12 and I, half for a reason?
1: I, I texted earlier. I was like, I know I've been wrong, but I think a combined margin of, like, 72 to 17 the last couple times I've said this. But uh, I, I do think absolutely Michigan State can win this game. Um, yeah. I guess, firstly – there's been some discourse about um, the quarterbacks, and I will say, Ohio or oh, excuse me, Iowa runs a very very salty cover two uh, with Michigan State acolyte uh, Phil Parker. They have a lot of veteran guys, and, and they play cover two so well. It's people are extremely well coached in their system. They are extremely opportunistic, and if you go in there and you're loose with the ball; they will kill you. Yeah. Um, so I posit the question: Do you want Caden Hauser making his first start in a night game in Kinnick against that team? I don't know if you do. Um Same. And, and, I, yeah. I, and, and I, I went on another extended soliloquy in my piece at Sports Illustrated about this, and this is not saying that Noah Kim is better than Caden Hauser, or, or I have any insight as to why he's starting over Hauser, just, there's a lot more to being a quarterback than just having physical talent. And, and I'm not saying that Kim is better at it than, than Hauser, to be clear. He, he may not be. But sure. things like pocket presence, I have some questions about Hauser with that. I think Hauser stares down receivers. Now, granted, uh, Kim has done both of those things as well, and that's very acceptable and fine for a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. But do you want I, – I, I just think you want – your most experienced player going against this because if you are a little bit off, you're getting housed, and then that's how Iowa beats you. Um, it's going to be really tough for Michigan State to score points on Iowa. I think correct. Um, right. However, we talked about some some reasons for optimism on the defense. Iowa's not doing much anything. Lucas, no. <laughs> big, really good tight end is out for the year. Uh, Eric all is not done a whole lot. Uh, another tight end. Uh, they don't have anybody on the outside that really scares me. I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing that's changed about Iowa is they used to have really good offensive linemen. And then for a couple of years there, they had pretty mediocre offensive linemen with Remington award caliber centers. And now just everybody kind of stinks, right? Everybody is, is pretty subpar. So they don't do really anything well offensively. Um, Cade McNamara is not good. <laughs> um, okay. I, mean, he's a, okay. <laughs> I think he's competent in, in what he's asked to do and that he's probably not going to lose you a game, um, sure. but he's not going to win you one either. And that's where I felt he should have gone somewhere with more weapons just because I, I guess the thought is, well, he can hit tight ends, make good decisions with the ball and and take care. So that's, yeah, that, that may be true, but I don't think Iowa has the team around him where he's able to elevate them like he was able to do uh, at Michigan in 2021, where he, he didn't do a whole lot, but he didn't need to do a whole lot.
0: Didn't have to. Um, yeah.
1: That's not the case here, I think. I mean, it's. I, I, I said this in my piece. I think the first to 13 probably wins this game. I think it's going to be extremely low scoring, probably very ugly, a lot of punting, Um Special teams will matter. There, there will be a premium on, on every possession. Um, yeah. could very well come down to the foot of mm-hmm. Jonathan Kim. It's, it's just, it's, I think this is very much going to be an Iowa night game and not one of like the voodoo ones where they just go out and hang 55 on Ohio State out of nowhere, just like yeah. a low scoring rock fight. Um, but there's a reason that low scoring rock fights tend to favor the underdog. It's because when you shrink the possessions, you, you, um, shrink the margin for error and, and you increase the, all you have to do is get lucky once or twice versus continuing luck in, in a game that's higher possessions, higher variance. So, um, or higher possession, lower variance. Sorry. So if, if, if Michigan state is able to certainly play their best um, game of the season on both sides of the ball, they can absolutely win this game. And I I'm almost expecting them to just because that's how little I think of the Iowa offense. Now watch, them to go detonate for
0: 25 points on me, but you know, I like the 25 is the detonate yeah, <laughs> right. that, that, that truly would seem like 50 points though. If, if I oh, was yeah. to get up to 25, Oh, I would just be so dead inside. <laughs> and I might just take the bye week and never come back. Right. <laughs> I might just start a new life somewhere. Um, <laughs> no, but like one quote that I did like today from the Iowa side of things is that someone pointed out that their receivers four games into the year, have 14 catches. Now, the tight ends, I believe, have, I think it's 24 or 28 or something like that. But still, the receivers have 14 catches, whereas in comparison, Michigan State's receivers have combined for 49 catches. Like, 14 is an ungodly low number. And then Cade was asked about that today, and he said, look, I'm just a quarterback. I don't call the plays. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's not just us and East Lansing that have tensions wearing thin. Like, it's a little different down there in Iowa City. But, like, hey, nonetheless, we have a team before October is already starting to crack here a little bit on offense. Like that gives me some hope here going into this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Cade McNamara has made a fair amount of enemies in the offseason with a number of snarky remarks. It's, yeah. That's um, been
0: fascinating.
1: Um, right. villain arc with him is not something I at all expected, but, uh, no same. I right. mean, I, I certainly as a quarterback in and that offense, I can't imagine I blame him because he probably is just, you know, kind of going out there and, and, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not in a position to opine about the inner machinations of, of Iowa's offense, though I do have some pretty good ideas of, of what's going on there and it's not a whole lot. Um, wow. Yeah, I just, I don't think that there's a recipe there for them to explode on Michigan State offensively. They don't run the ball well, they don't throw the ball well. I just looked it up. Army's wide receivers have more receptions. Uh, that's, the, that's, than, than, uh, <laughs> oh. than Iowa's do. I just, I, wow i don't know you look at it this is how hayden fry went out at iowa um it it was with them getting continually worse and worse them significantly more insular doubling down and then just basically it got to the point where it was so bad it was completely untenable for a guy i mean hayden fry was a legend there and yeah um, like seeing kurt go this route is very interesting because this is exactly the same way hayden fry went out and I got to say for them, uh, that's a, a proud football program and, and they certainly know what's going on at Michigan State. A home night loss to Michigan State may really move that needle. Uh, and then that would be fascinating just because it, it's been Hayden Fry. I, he was the one. Did he start coaching at uh, Iowa? Because it was it was a while ago. He coached it was uh, a
0: minute. Yeah.
1: I think he coached there from the – let's see here. I, I just looked it up. Um,
0: World, World War I is when he started, uh, I believe. It's, yeah.
1: 1978. So, you know, 1978, he was the Man. coach there forever. And then um, Kirk Ferentz came in. So you've not had a, a departure from that brain trust in quite some time. And I think you may see like a Michigan-esque program-wide wandering into the wilderness when when he leaves just because you you have not had any institutional diversity. in so long um I just I don't know it's it's I really do feel like Michigan State is a team that has shown some fight Iowa's a team on the brink um I I I could see it I could absolutely see it I I think this past weekend in Happy Valley Iowa really showed what they are (laughs) um so I mean I just I think you could see Iowa go into some pretty dark depths um and uh, that could certainly be a stake in the ground for, for or a, a place to plant your flag if you're Michigan State and, and kind of try to yeah. turn this thing around.
0: And we're going to get more into Iowa uh, on tomorrow's show. Trent Condon of Locked on Hawkeyes. But first, hey, Chase, just got to thank you for hopping on, man. Spartan yeah. Nation's favorite, Walmart Wolverine. Just just joined yeah, the show here. Saying, many
1: are saying you're hearing it more and more, yeah.
0: Oh, the people won't stop clamoring about it. No, hey, on a serious note, uh, go check out Chase's work at Spartans Illustrated. Uh, And it's far beyond Chase, too. There's a lot of other great Mm -hmm. folks over there at Spartans Illustrated doing fantastic work. So go subscribe over there. But, yeah, Chase, is always awesome. Having a weekly chat. And um, unlike last week's chat, I don't think I'm going to go to a hospital where my wife is going to give birth, like, (laughs) right after. Because that's the last thing that happened last week. Uh, Oh A little more more calm (laughs) and hopefully a little more sleep for you. So. Until about Saturday at 7.30 p.m. on NBC, which I cannot believe that's a 7.30 NBC game. Good God. Uh, Whatever. Uh, (laughs) All right, gang, but until next time, love you all. Keep it real. Go Green.